Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. If I can today, um, if I can take you to the um, book of Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. For just a moment of time, we've got a few minutes left today, and I want to encourage you about something before we go our separate ways today. We've been in a series about talking about what does the Bible have to say about different things, and this today may be very appropriate because I want to talk to you about what the Bible has to say about change. Things do not stay the same. People do not stay the same. The one thing that I love about God is He, he stays the same. When I used to go to, sometimes when I was sick, and if you, if you, some of you may remember this, when you got to stay home from school, you got to watch TV. And during the day, there was what we call game shows. They still have them today, Price is Right, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. And during the day, they had game shows. And one of the game shows we used to watch was called the $25,000 Pyramid. How many remember the $25,000 Pyramid? Okay, a couple of y'all. And the game was kind of a word association game. And, and one there would be a, usually a celebrity and a contestant, and they would, they would give clues to a particular category. They would say one person would give the clues, and one person would have to name the category. For example, if I said ball, popcorn, tickets, football, you would say things you find at a football game. Makes sense? It's kind of a word association game. So today, before I preach, we're going to do a word association game. I'm going to give you the words, and then you tell me the category. Now, wait till I finish all the words before you yell out. And if you get it right, then you get to um, be the first one to um, get it right. Ready? Here's the words. Conversion. Remodel. Contraction. Metamorphosis, wrinkle, cutting edge, alteration, departure, and, well, I can't say the last word, growth, development, maturity. Okay, those are the words. These are things that are associated with change. Well, that's not what I was thinking at first, but they're words that are associated with change. And if the truth be told, most of us don't like change. If the truth be told, most of us don't necessarily like it when things are different than they used to be, when a transformation takes place. The truth be told, only babies like change. Excuse me, wet babies are the only ones that like change. But change is necessary, isn't it? It's necessary for growth. It's necessary for development. It's necessary for for maturity because the thing is, is we see it in our kids. They're constantly in the process of changing, and thank God for it. Genesis chapter 1, because the thing is, is we, this principle here is, is all about God because God is about change. Because from the very beginning of the book, he was in the process of making things different and altering things. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. God looked at the beginning of all of of creation at that particular moment, and he realized something needed to be altered. Something had to change. Something had to be different about the earth that was without form and void. And God decided, look, I'm going to have to make light and darkness. And then God decided, I'm going to have to make some dirt, put some dirt around and separate it from the, from the water. And God decided he was going to have to put fish in the water and animals on the land in the dirt. He was going to make clouds. He was going to make winds. He was going to make stars. He was going to make moon and, and, and the sun. He was going to put man, male and female. He was going to put them in charge of all his creation. And when God got done reallocating, reconstructing, transferring, and creating, and all he, when he did everything he'd done to get done and changing what was there, he said, it is very good. So when God got done changing everything, he realized that it was good. It was a process that needed to happen not just then, but throughout all of eternity. And God's about change. I mean, have you ever gone to a wedding and you just kind of, if you're married, and you go to the wedding, and I don't know about you, but I giggle when I go to weddings. Because I'm sitting there watching this, and the groom is giggling, and the bride is giggling, and the mother's kind of laughing, and the pastor's laughing, and I'm sitting there, and I'm giggling too. Because when I'm giggling, I'm thinking, they don't have any idea what's about to change. They just really don't get it. It's different when you get married. It's, 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 it's something that's not the same. But can I tell you the color and the joy and the fun that comes when you join together with somebody in godly matrimony. It's just the most, the most wonderful thing ever. And thank God that God sometimes brings us to a place in marriage that we have to change. Change is not just bad. Let me just say it like this. It's a second chance. It's another opportunity. It's a new door. It's a new dawn. It's a, it's a brand new day. And God saw that man had fallen in the garden. And man left his place in the garden, and God had to make some adjustments. Look at Genesis chapter 3. When mankind had fallen and, and Adam and Eve had failed God in the garden, God said, he said to his wife, and Adam also and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them? God had to do something different because man, Adam and Eve had fallen in the garden, so God had to, make, had to tweak some things, didn't he? It says he made coats of skin. He began the process of showing them that they could be saved and they could be delivered by the shedding of blood. Thank God God was flexible enough to deviate from his plans and to make some change. That's what it is. It's being flexible enough to adjust being kind of a history buff, I, there, there's, a, there's a story that happened in the 80s, the middle 80s, in a, a nation called the Philippines. It was called the People's Revolution. And what happened is there was a, a tyrant, a dictator, Ferdinand Amelda Marcos. And the people were so poor that there was literally there was no food, that people were starving, and yet they lived in such the lap of luxury. If you remember back in those days, and we watched as it happened, as they began to uncover all the wealth of this particular, the the president of, of, of the Philippines, she had so many shoes, she had rooms filled with just shoes, the crowns, the gold, the things that they possessed, all the while the people that they were serving were starving to death. And the people got together, 
Not just a few of them, not just a hundred or a thousand, but, but literally multiplied millions of people begin to go into the streets and they begin to cry out for democracy and c- cry out for a voice and a vote. And what happened is, that, literally, that, that's what happened, is they overthrew the, the Marcos. They came in, a new democratic form of government came in, and, and the nation is a prospering nation. Literally, of all the nations in the world at that particular time, it was a beacon for all those that were governed by tyrants and not by democracy. So it was wonderful because somebody in a group of people decided we've got to make a change. Something has to be different, not just for us, because if we do it for us, we'll do it for the generations to follow. That's the beauty of what change brings. It doesn't just, many times, doesn't just help us. It helps all those who come after us. You accessed this wonderful power when you became a Christian. Did anybody have to change a little bit? Did God change you a little bit when you came to God? The places I used to go, I don't go anymore. The ways I used to talk, I don't, didn't talk that way. The friends that I made, I didn't, didn't, I mean, they were different than the ones I had before. But thank God for it. Thank God for it. If I'd never changed, I never would have met you. And you never would have met me. Hallelujah. I sat in a, it's the reason that I came to Christ. The reason, the very reason that I came to Jesus was this very thing here. I sat in a hotel in Texas, in a lounge, kind of a bar area. And there was a show going on. It was a hypnotist. And he was hypnotizing people, but he wasn't really hypnotizing because he would just, he would just whisper in their ear, just play along with the show for the crowd. Because that's what he said to me. And people were acting all kinds of different things. He was act, having hypnotizing people, and they were acting like dogs or like cows or like horses, or they're jumping up and down and do all kinds of different things. And the whole while he's whispering in their ear, just playing play along with the show. And I saw that, and I thought, this is the best that the world has to offer? This is the entertainment that the world has to offer? This is, this is the way the world does it? Just play along with the show? And I couldn't say anything because I was right there, right up in the middle of it. And when I left that hotel that that day and that weekend, and it was a Saturday, and I drove home and I knew something had to be different about me because I couldn't keep living in a world like that that wasn't even genuine, wasn't even real. And I knew that I needed to make some, some, some kind of difference needed to happen in my life. I needed to make a change. And my friend, when I went to church that, that day, that's what I told God, look, I can't stay the same. I can't keep and go down this road. There's nothing down this road. I need to do something different. And that's when God found me. And I gave my life to Jesus. I'm so thankful I did. If I wasn't a Christian today, let me just tell you this. If I wasn't a Christian today, I wouldn't be a drunk. I wouldn't be a drug addict or work for some Mexican cartel somewhere. I'd be an upstanding citizen. I'd have a nice job, nice house. I'd have money. I may be in debt, but I'd still have stuff. But I'd still be on my way to hell. But Jesus chased me. He left the 99 and came after me. He didn't give up on me until finally I came to the place that I told him, look, i got to make a change. So change is not bad. Say it with me. Change is not bad. Say it with me. Some of this, this is really a stretch for some of us. Change is not bad. Say it one more time. Change is not bad. Turn to your neighbor. Turn to your wife. Change is not bad. Turn to your husband. Change is not bad. See, it feels good, doesn't it? 
Because the thing is, is God is about change. The Bible's about change. And even Jesus leads the charge to change. There was a time where Jesus had to change as well because, see, he wasn't always just this, boy, this, this man born as a baby. He wasn't always just the man that we read about on the dusty roads of Israel. He wasn't always just the man who was causing the blinded eyes to open and the lame to walk because he had to leave a place where he was to go to come to earth to become the Savior of the world. See, he had to leave all that was in heaven. He had to leave the glory and the splendor of heaven where he ruled and reigned as God. And he had to, somebody had to make the decision. At some point, Jesus had to make the decision, I have to go and leave here and go there so that I can help them to see how to live. Nations were altered. Creation was, was what creation was all about. Souls were saved, all because Jesus was open and willing to change. Let me read to you Philippians chapter 2, the change that Jesus had to make. It says in verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it was not robbery to be equal with God, but, God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the death, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The whole while Jesus left heaven to come here, he did it because he knew something had to be switched, something had to be different, something had to be transformed, something had to be changed, and that, thank God, that was me and that was you. And I wondered why. I wonder why, what, what, what brought him to the place of making that decision? I don't know if you ever think about stuff like that, but I'm thinking, here's Jesus sitting in all of the glory and the splendor of heaven, and all the angels and the streets made of gold. Everything that just is is in a perfect environment, and there Jesus sits as the head. And at some point, there's, there's this, he has to go, wait a minute, I have to leave all of this to go down there. And he's sitting there, and I'm thinking, what, 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 what would make somebody... Make that kind of decision. And, I, and I, I, I think that I may be pretty close to it because Hebrews says it like this. The sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin because it was impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said this. Here's what he said. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you took no delight. Then I said, here I am, it's written about me in the scroll, I have come to do your will, O God. See, Jesus was well-versed in creation. He did it. He was well-versed in redemption. He understand the, 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 the offerings of blood of bulls and goats to, 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 to cover sin. He realized that there was no way that an animal once and for all forgive sin. He knew that once the, the thing is, is that because it had to be done over and over because there wasn't a perfect sacrifice. And he looked out of all creation and he realized he would be the only perfect sacrifice that could be offered. And so he saw the sacrificial system and he saw the inadequacies of it. He saw that he was the only one that could go. And I think in that moment, Jesus understood he was the only option. That nobody else could do once and for all for sin what he would do. There would be no way, greater way to show his allegiance to the Father and to show the world the way to God. And I think in that moment he said, I've got to go. I can't stay here. I've got to change. And let me just say this, thank God he did. Thank God he did. 
If you're on your way to heaven, thank God he did. If you're not the same person but you like you a whole lot more now than you did back then, thank God he did. You may be in a season of change right now. Say all this to come to this place here. You may be in a season of change. Things are just not working like they always did, and and you feel like God's opening doors or closing doors for you. Maybe you're going to a new school. you got a new job, new career. Maybe you're starting over in an area of life. Maybe you're looking now at new friends, new opportunities, new people, different, different, different scenery than you have in the past. Maybe you think things are falling apart, but they're really not. Maybe they're just falling into place. Maybe you're asked, you're asked by God to step outside of your level of comfort. Maybe change is here, a new season. Maybe nothing's on the horizon, but God's getting you ready when it's time. Let me just say this. No matter where you are today, there's going to come a time when things are going to have to be different and God's going to move you. Here's what I'm saying. When that moment comes, embrace the change. Anticipate that things will be different. Know that maybe it's not that it's, things are falling apart. Maybe God's just given us a second chance. Father, today in the name of Jesus, just a, a short sermon, a short message, but simple. But I pray that in Jesus' name it, it, it hits the target. That somebody today, somebody today is on the brink of a cusp of a brand new door. And there's a threshold that they have to cross, and maybe they're nervous about it. Maybe they're uncertain about it. But I pray this, God, that in the name of Jesus, that this sermon and the Holy Spirit will encourage them and catapult them into not seeing it, God, as something's falling apart, but that their life is now beginning to fall into place. That on the other side of Jordan, that on the other side of what they see right now, there's a promised land. And there's blessing and there's joy and there's favor and there's provision and there's promises that are coming to pass. But to get there, they've got to go through something, and that something is called change. I pray this today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grow your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.